You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey, welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Today, I'm super excited because I have my good friend and my coach, Amber Smith, on with us. She is the founder of the Coaching Matrix. She is Amber Smith Coaching. And you guys, this is going to be such a fun conversation. So I'm super excited to have her here and that you guys get to hear from her. I'm super excited. Okay. So Amber, first, before we even get started, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Where did okay. you come from? <laughs> um, yeah. Where did I come from? I'm, I'm Amber Smith. Um, I'm a mom of three girls. I live in Utah, in Lehigh. I come from California. <laughs> I don't know how, back, how far back you got to go. And I've been coaching online, let's see, for like three and a half years now. Started as a life coach, kind of evolved into coaching entrepreneurs, and that's what I'm doing now. Awesome. So good. You guys, I had Amber as my coach for six months about, and it was so, she she was the most, I've never met a coach that's more like in tune and just cares and is there every step of the way. So you guys are lucky you get to hear from her. So we're going to dive right into our talk. Today's conversation is going to be centered around money consciousness the law of abundance and the law of attraction. And I wanted Amber to come on and talk about this because she is like a guru when it comes to this. She knows so much. She has the best thoughts about money. And I just feel like we all have like so much we can learn from her. So Amber, to start us off, tell me a little bit about your money mindset and like where it originated from. Yeah. Well, like most people who get interested in it, it came because of lack, right? Which I think is part of the conversation I want to have is like having a lack mindset isn't bad. It's identifying it so that you can witness like the falsehood that exists in lack. Like a lot of people I think who find entrepreneurship and, and start doing this money work. I grew up in a home where money was like a disorganized topic, I guess, or like mixed emotions. Um, Like my, I grew up in like an upper middle-class family. I think probably like a lot of your listeners my dad worked for corporations. Like we go to Disney world, like we lived a good life, but like, also I have some stories that I, I've, uh, I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but like when I was in high school, he lost his job. And so we had to like, he like sat us down for a family dinner and was like, Hey, like we can't flush the toilet. If you just go pee, like, like if it's yellow, let it mellow, like that kind of thing. And I, it didn't make sense because we also like ate out at Benihana's and we'd go on vacation to Hawaii. And like, so there's like a lot of mixed signals. So it was like, do we have money or do we not have money? Like, are things okay? Um, and so I had like a weird relationship with money. It was like, never enough, <laughs> even though we get to do these cool things, we just don't have a lot of money. And so, and I didn't know that, right? Like a lot of our work is unconscious for so long until there's like an awakening, which is probably what we're going to talk about today too. And that happened for me when I found online coaching. So I realized I had a lot of issues charging money for life coaching. I like when I got started, I charged like 200 bucks a month. I was like, okay, like, I don't know if I could charge this you know, and had a lot of fear. And I was like, I think I need to work on my mindset about money. So like the, the first money book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, who really taught me to think more like an investor and not, you know, like the poor dad in the book. And then I got hooked. I was like, why isn't this taught in school? Why did no one tell me that I could be rich? Why did no one tell me that I could think 
abundantly and actually like have a great relationship with money, that it didn't have to be hard, that it could be easy, that it could be abundant and overflowing. And so I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, this is something I want to like commit to learning. So I speed read. So I read like, I don't even know how many books I've read on money, but I just got like, and it's, it's a topic I still like because I coach entrepreneurs. I like learning. So after that, I read like, you are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. I found the book, Happy Pocketful of Money. I've done like Rich as F by Amanda Francis. I'm trying to think of other ones, but basically just really committed to learning the energetics of money, learning how to think about money, like wealthy people. And like what you want to talk about, like the laws of abundance and the law of attraction that was introduced to me probably two years into my like awakening of all this stuff. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. This is going to be so fun. So, okay. So we're going to, I'm going to jump right into this question. So if you didn't know anything, like, let's say you have a client come to you, Amber, and they don't know anything about money mindset, money energetics, like the currency of money, all the energy behind it, what would you like, where would you start? Like, how do you teach somebody like teach my listeners right now? Like what can they do to start working on their mindset? Like what's the first step? Yeah. The first thing is just realizing what you have right now is because of what you've been thinking and feeling about money. It's like a relationship and no one really likes to look at this. We want to, I think, you know, it's easier to blame. I know for me, I blame my parents on how they taught me about money for a long time. And one of the quotes that I like is you like, it's not your fault if you're born broke, but it is your fault if you die broke. And that really like resonated with me. It was like, it's not my parents' fault that I'm struggling with money now. My business started out of lack. Like we, me and Wesley, like we're young and had kids and had student loans due. And like, we were like not making ends meet. I was like, what are we going to do? Like my money mindset sucks because I'm not making money. Anyway, what a gift now looking back. But um, so if I had to talk to someone who just started as first, like, look at your life. This is what you believe about money. That's, that's what's going on. Um, life is your mirror. And so you can first just get comfortable taking ownership of how you've created abundance or a lack of abundance so far <laughs> in your life. And I love that because I, I actually just made a reel about this today. But I think like one of the plagues of our generation a little bit is lack of accountability. Like we don't want to look at it because I think yeah. we have a lot of shame. Like it's like, oh, if I die broke, that like I can't let that be about me. We feel so much judgment and shame. But like if money's neutral and and it's not like this big thing, like then we can just decide like what is it that we want to create? Yeah. It's not yeah. it doesn't matter if you die broke or you die rich. Like that's not no. like, that doesn't matter. But no. But what does is like, what do you want to create? And do you want to live a life on purpose and with intention and actually create those results? And I think most people, when they think about like money and wealth, like they want those results. They want to be able to give freely. They want to have the resources to do the things that are important to them. And so if that's truth, then looking at ourselves first is going to be the first step to seeing and creating. And I think that's how it is. Don't you think like, in everything. Like in the everything. first step is being able to totally. look inward without judgment and just yeah. say, okay, what is it that I'm creating? And do I want to create more of that? Or do I want to create something different? Yeah. And it, re- it really is empowering. Like when I started witnessing how I created my situations in my mind, like with my mind, I created stress. I created limitation. It sucked at first. And then I was like, wait, if I can create this, I can create something different with my mind. And that's 
like the foundation of everything that we're about to talk about was like the laws of abundance, the quantum field, the yeah. quantum field, like um, <laughs> law of attraction, like all the energetic stuff that I love to talk about because it is a principle of creation and you are a creator and money is just a, a, an effect, you know? And the other thing that I like to say is like money isn't moral. It's not good or bad. It just is like dirt or air. It's not really good or bad. And so if you're a good person, I believe this is why I do what I do. I personally believe we need more good women specifically to have more money. I really think it would change the world if more there was more wealthy women. Amen. Amen to that. Okay, good. So so let's jump into the law of creation, the law of attraction. We've kind of already talked about a little bit, but it's like if you're thinking thoughts that are in lack, if your energy is in lack, I like to think of it like in the scriptures, so it's like no man can serve two masters. If you're facing towards lack, you will create more lack. And that's because the energy attracts like energy, correct? Yeah. And I always say like to make it more personal, like you attract who you are or what you are, not what you want. And so if you want money, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to create money. You have to embody that abundance, frequency and vibration first, the overflow. Okay. And I have to say something right here because I think what gets people held up in this so often is that somebody who is valuable and puts out value, there is an essence of having to be willing to go through discomfort to put out value in the world. There just is, there's like a tax. And so it's like you, you attract who you are. And so if you're not being valuable, you won't create that value coming back to you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's It's like a, it's like a black hole. (laughs) You don't see yourself as valuable. You're just going to suck stuff in and you're not going to create anything that's valuable for the marketplace. If we're going to check business or even like, I mean, I've heard of crazy stories. Like you don't have to create money with your business either. That's like a whole nother topic. (laughs) um, It can come lots of ways. Yeah, it's so true. And so I totally agree. And, And creating value sometimes will take discomfort. And so I think like part of it is being willing to step into the discomfort in order to be the person that you need to be to attract the things that you want, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think too, we learn through winning, but we also learn through suffering. And that's like a hard pill to swallow. You're going to learn the lesson. You're going to learn that, like, I think what I would call like principles of truth, um, whether you do it the right way or the, or like a misuse or a miscreation. And I think a lot of people, like when they miscreate with money, they tend to blame circumstances, the government, people, losing a job, the economy, all that kind of stuff. But that's so disempowering. And like, I know you and I both have a very similar mission of empowering people. And there is a principle of like sacrifice. I really believe in like a principle of sacrifice. Like you have to give something up to get what you want most. Like the same is true about money. Amen. Yeah, I totally agree. So, okay. So Amber, tell me about the law of attraction from your perspective. Like what is it and how does it work? And have you seen it work in your life? Yeah, I've definitely seen it work in my life. And we see like, we see glimpses of this, like in the Bible, even in the book of Mormon, like asking me shall receive that is a foundational principle of truth and like of the universe is how I see it, which is like, like attracts like, or like unto itself is drawn the way that the, I like to think about it is 
if you're broken your mind, it doesn't like we see this like a great example is like lottery winners. They can't even keep the money they because they didn't vibe like their vibration was not the same as the money, so they lose it. People who are broke and then make it in the NFL, same thing. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of them. No one likes to talk about it, but a lot of them blow their money because they're not an energetic match for the money. And so the way that I like to think about the law of attraction, it's like a vibration or a frequency. Everything is in motion. Like matter is not actually still. When you look at a rock, every part of the rock is in motion. And this is like law of abundance too. Everything micro is super abundant. Like the cells in your body. If you look in, I'm looking in my backyard and I see rocks and flowers and dirt and bugs and trees and wind and birds. Like every tiny thing is very, very abundant. Like when you think about the the function of your organs, like it's just like, I mean, everything, it's everywhere. And this is why I think it's really important to be tuned in spiritually because we live in a very, very abundant universe. But what we like to do with our brains is like, forget that. And so the, the secret to me, like, and there's a book, The Secret, there is a movie, The Secret, um, Abraham Hicks teaches law of attraction. There's like a lot of people who are like, oh, it's so weird, but it's just how things work. And so it's like a magnet, um, I guess is like the best way to talk about it. But like, if you are, have the same vibration as wealth, like there's a physical feeling that you experience in your body, you become an energetic match for it. And you can keep it and hold, like, there's lots of different things you can do with money. You can keep it, you can make it, you can spend it, you can give it, you can waste it. And it all depends on how you hold your vibration. Totally. So me and Amber both think the same thing when it comes to this, I'm pretty sure, where everything is energy, everything's everything's vibrating at a specific frequency. Mm-hmm. And so if you're vibrating, like, like, let's like put numbers to it to like, make it almost impossible, right? Like let's say you're bribing at 543, you know what I mean? At this frequency and maybe something else like that you want is vibrating at like 427. Like we have to match the vibration to have it meet us, to magnetize to it. And so what happens though, is when we go into, I want that, like that's something I want. It actually puts us into, I don't have it, which doesn't make us match the vibrate or match the frequency and so then we become like we're in lack right and I love what you said about like the scriptures like tune into this all the time when I first learned the law of attraction I was reading the book of mormon at the time mm-hmm. and I literally saw it everywhere like I was yeah. like oh this is just faith like this is learning how to have faith and trust in god or the universe like whatever your belief system yeah. is but it really is just faith in the supplier instead of the supply because i think what we do right is we we put our like oh i want money and god's over here and he's like well how about you just have faith in me to supply you with whatever you need and if you match that faith and you hold that energy the way that you use that terminology if you hold that energy then i am under law like it's a law of the universe like i have to give right i yeah i love this story of the brother of jared when he sees God and God's like, you had so much faith. I had to show myself to you. Yes. I was literally just talking about this with a client this week. (laughs) Like he could not, not show himself because there's, there's laws of the universe. Money's just, it's like not even about money. It's like the supply. Like you're talking about, like 
it could be money, it could be food, it could be experiences, it could be people, it could be a job, it could be so many different ways. But when we get attached to the money, we actually miss the vibration of like sufficient, like all sufficiency and abundance, which is what it's all about anyway. Yeah. And I love like in the scriptures, just we're going to take this a little bit. <laughs> we're going to take this a little bit scripture for a second, because I love in the scriptures over and over again, it says like, keep my commandments and you'll prosper. I see that all the time. And one thing that I see happen, and I've even experienced it myself. I, I have totally experienced this myself is the, the commandment, like have no other gods before me. Don't worship graven images. And how many times you guys do you, you think like, I need more money or I, my job makes my money. So we look to our job as the supplier mm-hmm. and that's a false God. Like the real God is God and he is the supplier. God is the supplier. And when we look to our jobs to supply us, when we look to our, our spouse or our business or whatever, as the supplier it's putting that as a God and then he can't let us prosper. And so when we instead can put our focus on trusting the supplier and then doing all we can on our end to bring value into the world, like that's like a, a sure system, I feel like, to creating and magnetizing that, that resource that you're wanting. I love Amber just recommended a book and I read it in one night. It's a very short book, but I read it in one night. It's called The Abundance Book. Is that what it's called? Oh, it was so good. I can't even, it's so good. I highly recommend it. Yeah. There's like a 40 day challenge in there. You guys should all take it. Yeah. I'm actually in it right now. I'm doing it. It's like, I'm loving it. So, so I read this book and something that just really stood out to me is that the author talks about how we look to all of these outside things. Like we want money, but money's just a symbol. It's just the token. It's not the real thing. So when we make money our God, it is the root of all evil. Like the scriptures say, when we put other gods before God, it is not going to bring us prospering, right? But if we can put God in his rightful place and like be find gratitude for the supplier who's always supplying and has let us know yeah. over, over through scripture, like the earth is full. I'm going to yeah. give you what you want. Just have faith. Just that, like what you just said is like one of the most profound things that I've understood about faith is like. And in law of attraction, if you want to, I mean, there's so many different ways to talk about it. Madison. Is that like God's already trying to bless you? Like the way that I think about this is super nerdy. So sorry if you didn't want to go this way, but like the oh, quantum field, <laughs> like when I think about the quantum field, everything, every possibility exists there. I believe that's how God understands and blesses us is like from the quantum field. Oh, I <laughs> hey, but wait though. Some of my clients aren't going to know, or some of my listeners aren't going to know what the quantum field is. So can you give a little brief? <laughs> yeah. I mean the quantum field. So if you break down atoms, this is super nerdy. So sorry. No, this is why me and Amber get along. We like to nerd out. <laughs> yeah. Um, like this is like what, why I love setting this is like, it's like the how it's like, how, but how does God bless me? This is how, like in my mind, like that phrase, like true science is true religion or whatever. This is like, to me, it makes sense. So the quantum field is like the substance between substances, right? So like, if you think about an atom and you break down neutrons and protons, what are they made out of? And then what's between them? Because most of the universe is empty space. Well, like, it's like, what's between all of it? What's, how do you break down? And like what you said, everything is energy. And what I like about um, 
the quantum field. And specifically, there's this study that basically they observed, this is super nerdy, I'm so sorry. (laughs) They observed an atom. And you know how like the original atom drawing was like nucleus in the middle and electrons floating around it? Um, You guys can't see, but I'm using my fist and my finger to demonstrate (laughs) an atom to make it right now. (laughs) What they, that is actually not accurate. What happens is the electrons, when you observe it, it changes. And that's really important because it used to, they used to think electrons would exist and kind of rotate. But what they found is electrons appear based on the observer. This is really important because your observation of the universe changes the universe, literally from the quantum field. And so electron will literally disappear into the quantum field and appear when you're looking at it. That is so important to know because when you look at your bank account, when you look at Instagram, when you look at your backyard, when you look at your husband leaving for work, when you, I mean, anything, if you observe it with the lens of abundance, with the energy of abundance, with the vibration of abundance, that's what you start to see and create in real life. And so anyway, back to the conversation about, you know, the quantum field. And that's where I believe God like blesses us is he's always trying to give us what we want. It's, are you tuned into that fact? Because like we talked about, money isn't really moral. God doesn't really care if you have 100K in your bank account. He just doesn't. But if you want it, he's like, I'm trying to give it to you. Are you obeying the laws that are predicated on that gift? Basically, is how I see it. I love that so much. You guys don't even know. I get so nerdy on like like all the quantum stuff. And, and something I love in that I practice is I practice, I, I believe the way, one of the ways that we can get very in tune with that quantum field, that energy is getting as deeply present as possible. One of my favorite quotes ever is by C.S. Lewis. And he says that the present moment, which is the point in time, which time touches eternity. If you want, like if humans want to get nearer to God than anywhere else, they'll get present. And what I found is that through meditation and through creating stillness, internally and externally around me and completely focusing on being exactly where I'm at in gratitude and abundance I believe that is where we create from it's that energy and and even like think of it like this like the flow like people get in a flow and they get in a super creative energy right it's because like a power beyond them power beyond them yeah and it's it's because they're deeply present and I think like we can get into that quantum by by moving into a really present place. But the only way we can be present is if we aren't in lack. If you're in lack, you're not going to be present. You have to move into faith and abundance to get into that present. Yeah. And the other reason why I like meditation, one of the ways that I like to describe the subconscious mind is like the God mind, because your subconscious mind, this is, I'm so nerdy. I'm like all over the place. I'm like, I love biology. I'm in quantum mechanics. (laughs) Um, is like your subconscious mind takes care of everything in your body, right? Like you don't have to think about breathing. You don't have to think about regulating your temperature. That's taken care of by an intelligence beyond you, your subconscious mind. And so the more we actually shut off our conscious mind, like in meditation, I know we, you and I talked on my podcast about like brainwaves and stuff. And we move into like a different level of thinking. It, I mean, everyone even described it as thinking, like you described it as knowing. And I really like that. Like the connection with God there, like his intelligence is like literally imprinted in our brain. So cool. Like I don't consciously grow a baby. Like it just happened. I, it happened in my body. How does like amazing. 
Anyway, so when you meditate and you sink into that presence and like you stop analyzing your life with your conscious brain, like it's really powerful to use images or mantras or things because that's like when you're rested and you like slowly get into your subconscious mind, it's way more powerful. Your subconscious mind can do things your conscious mind can't. Yeah. So I love this. This is where Megan gets a little nerdy. So when you move into that theta brain wavelength where you move through the analytical mind and into that subconscious mind, it's so interesting because when they scan people's brains, when they're there, they don't have like the waves, like, right. It's just like, it's really still. And, and it's in that place that you're reprogramming your brain software. And that's where you can make the most change. And I think that's where you can create from. And what's interesting is that they say that children under seven or eight, I think it is. I hope I'm getting this right. No, you're right. right? <laughs> that, yeah. that age is very interesting. Yeah, the age is- LDS people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they say children under seven or eight, I think they're pretty much in theta most mm-hmm. of the time that they live suggestible. in a very suggestible, they're very open, they're very malleable, and they are very connected, I think, to the present, present moment. And so I just, I love that so much. Okay. So quantum money abundance let's talk about like some thoughts let's give let's give everybody some thoughts like lack thoughts versus abundant thoughts that you can think about money and like if there's any practices you have amber of how to move into abundance when you're feeling that lack you know that like when sometimes you feel like grasping moment mm-hmm. or whatever what do you do and what does that look like yeah i think it's especially for entrepreneurs like it's it shows up like i need to make money which seems like you're just reporting the news. That's the secret, right? Is like you have to move out of analyzing your current circumstances as if you're reporting what you see, because actually what's happening is life is reflecting back to you what you've been thinking. And so it's, re- I mean, this is hard. Like, I, I mean, we can talk about this, but this is like hard. And so if you're like struggling and you're listening to this, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's okay. Like, I, I think it takes some time to kind of reprogram and to also like train your mind to think differently. So if you ever catch yourself saying, I need to make money, you're in lack. And that, like, I think that that's like a, like a buzzword. <laughs> so you can use whatever word you want, but I would just say that's out of alignment with what's actually true, which is like, look around your home. I mean, you have internet, you're listening to this podcast. So you have some sort of technology, you have clean running water. That's like the way that I tap into abundance is like, every time I drink water, like it's like crazy, but I almost get like emotional. I'm like, what a gift. I don't have to run to the stream. I don't have to worry that it's going to make me or my children sick. I can use it to bathe. I can use it to drink. So like my biggest tip is like, get really present to how blessed your life already is. That's sufficiency. That's abundance. When you drink water, like feel it, feel how blessed you are. It can be that simple. Um, Some other thoughts that I would like, you know, like red flag for lack is like, we don't have enough. Um, I never say that to my kids. I always have a different reason um, because I know how powerful it is for them to witness. Like they actually always have enough. Sometimes we don't buy candy because I don't want them to eat sweets all the time. It's not because you can't afford it. In fact, one of the things that I really think is powerful is you can buy anything that you want, but maybe you're choosing to pay your mortgage this month. And that's a great choice taking back that power, you know, that conscious power of choice with your money is a really important thing. I think trying to think of other thoughts that are sneaky. 
Like, hmm. I think it's sneaky. I know one that I've experienced before is like, there's not time. Like I need to hurry and make money. Like when I'm in a hurry, when it comes to anything financial, I know I'm in lack. There's no rush ever. Like if you really believe like the supplier's always supplying, you would not be stressed about time and you would not be stressed about that. And so like, for me, like that's my, one of my red flags, right. Is that I'm like, Oh, okay. I need to take a deep breath and trust the supplier right now because I'm in this weird energy where I'm like thinking that I need to hurry. Yeah. And time is an interesting thing. Cause like, we know that time doesn't really exist with God. It doesn't exist in the quantum field. Totally. Um, so you can create miracle, like really real miracles by believing what we're talking about. Because what I like to think about is I'm being shaped by my future as much as I am being shaped by my past. And so like, that's like a trippy thing to think about. Oh, but when that. you have faith in God, that he's always trying to bless you through the quantum field or whatever you want to believe. <laughs> that's how my mind makes sense of it. I'm like, he's already working on the people. He's already working on how and when, what can I do in this moment? to make this happen. And that's like, I think a law of creation, we didn't really talk about this, but I personally believe that law of creation is taking something in the spiritual realm and turning it into something physical. We do this with our words first. So that's why it's really powerful to speak things into existence in the affirmative, not wouldn't it be nice if it's when this happens, or I'm so grateful that this is happening. Gratitude ahead of time is an amazing tool. I know you talk about visualizing and things like that, but it has to be as if it's already done because that's the signal. If you think about the law of attraction, it's not going to be like, I really want money that you talked about. Like that's lack. I'm so grateful. I have all the money I need that sufficiency. That signal will actually create more of that, that signal. Yeah. I have a thing I say a lot and it's like gratitude is a superpower emotion because Mm -hmm. it has the power, like when you get into that gratitude state of mind and that energy is flowing through you of just like complete sufficiency, it has power to create so much more for you. So like people are like, oh, you need to be grateful, you know, but I'm like, no, meditate on what you're grateful for. Like feel the feeling of gratitude flow through all the halls, all the corridors Mm -hmm. in your body. Let that energy like sink deep in and permeate in your body and get really, really good at it as best as you can. Gratitude is such an expansive energy. And so is having like having Mm -hmm. is expansive. So if we want to reach that, if we want to have, then we need to be having, we need to experience having. And so I love that. I love the idea of a gratitude practice. I'll tell you guys a gratitude practice. I do every morning. I do a meditation every day at the end of my meditation is I just, I have 10 things that I write down that I'm grateful for. And I really try to feel it every single one I write. Like, I don't just write like my house, my kids, you know what I mean? Like I really try to feel gratitude running through my body. And I think that's the key is because energy, emotion is just energy in motion. Right. And so you have to match the emotion with the energy of the thing that you're trying to create. But like Amber said, we have patterns of lack, right? And then what happens, I love Joe Dispenza describes it like this. He has like a circle and it's like at the top, it says think. And at the bottom, it says feel. And so it's like, we think something like I don't have enough. And then we feel lack, we feel scarcity, we get stressed, right? And then that stress creates more lack 
And then it reaffirms the lack thought that we had originally. And it's like a downward spiral, you can imagine. So what I think we need to do is we need to go in and we need to disrupt the pattern, right? Like we have to go and put like a wrench in the, in the spiral and we have to like turn it around and flip it the other way. So what are some pattern disrupts you think that we could like, what are some things you do to like disrupt? Yeah. So I have a really good story about this. So when I first started my business and even when I was making decent money, I drove this old Tahoe. Um, and I, I poured, I just poured most of the money back into the business. And so I consciously chose to drive this car, but I knew I had to keep an abundance mindset so I can keep making the money in my business, even while I drove this crappy car, Totally. this car used to like make noises and, you know, like it used to like go off anyway. So one of the things that I did to like disrupt is every time it went ding, 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 I would have the girls, like, it makes me like, so like, thank you, past Amber. <laughs> it was like, we would like yell grateful for you car or we're grateful. And like it, in the beginning, it felt really cheesy. I'm not going to lie. It was like, this is dumb. But now I witnessed like that car kept my baby safe. It took me to the doctor, it drove me to the grocery store. It allowed me, like, I picked up my baby from the hospital in that car. Like, I'm so glad we had it. It like, it served its purpose. There was sufficiency there. And so it would have been easy to be frustrated when the ding would come on or whatever, but I kid you not, like it changed my relationship with cars. And now I drive a different, nicer car. And it got me through a season of life where I was in like that, that gray zone, you know, trying to make more money, but wanting to live in sufficiency. Cause I think a lot of people have this thought loop of like, I need to, I need to be motivated to make money. And if I'm, if I'm insufficiency, I won't be motivated to like to experience the discomfort like you talked about. And that's just a thought error. It's just not true. It isn't true. You'll, you'll be motivated. still. it feels good to do good and to even be uncomfortable. Like it feels good to purposely put yourself there. So I love that story. And I think, and it's funny because you said like you got a new car and I don't know, I, for a long time, I drove like a little Hyundai Sonata, like ghetto, you know, and, um, and, I hated it while I had it. I'm not gonna lie. I had the opposite. I was like, I hate this car. You know, it has not leather seats. So it's always dirty. You know, I just had all mm-hmm. these thoughts about it. Right. And then I, I eventually got a new car that was nicer. And it's so funny how it was like, yay for like a day. Yep. And then it was like, I need a new, like, it's like, it's never enough. Like if you're in lack, nothing will ever be enough. And it's, it's just funny. Like if we worship the token, if we yes. worship the money, it will keep you wanting and wanting and wanting. And that's why I love Jesus and the Bible. When he's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm the bread of life. Like I'm, I'm the, the well, I'm the water that never stops giving. You'll never be thirsty with me. And what he, I really believe what he's trying to say is just trust me, like yeah. just trust, trust me and I'll give it to you. And you won't have to experience that like want and need something. Yeah. like It's unquenchable unquenchable. Yeah, it is unquenchable. And you guys have experienced, cause how many times have you said to yourself like, Oh, I'll be happier when, Oh, yeah. I'll feel better when, Oh, you know, when I get this job, then I'll be able to rest or whatever. It doesn't actually work that way. You get there. It feels, you get a hit for five seconds. You feel good for five seconds and then you crash again. And then you're, you're left wanting and wanting and wanting. And I think it's like a dirty trick from the adversary, <laughs> but something that has been coming to my mind is I just think like, if someone's chasing you, like, what do you do? You run, run. (laughs) (laughs) you run. And I, and I just think that that's like a universal, like energetic law, Mm -hmm. the things that we chase and we're graspy towards run. 
So if we can just like open up our palms and let go and just be detached from the outcome and just be grateful right where we're at and do the actions, like blend in some of that masculine energy of like, and do the things towards the result that we want. It's so crazy how then it's like, oh, that's attractive. I think of like when you're dating, you know, I was using this example with one of my clients the other day. Everyone can agree with this. Like if somebody is chasing you like too hard, what do you do? It's like unattractive, it's, it's yeah. so unattractive. It's such a repellent. But like mm-hmm. the person who's just really confident, happy, content with themselves, feel yeah. good. That's very magnetic. And like as women, like we're like, we want that type of man, right? But like mm-hmm. the type that's like, I need more, I need more. Like you just want to run and that's just energetics. Like that's like a universal energy law, I think. And so the resource that you're wanting right now is money. Or like if you're my sisters in laws and you guys want your gardens to grow, it's the same thing, right? Like you moms with gardens, your babies, right? Anything like that. There's this beautiful, delicate balance of the law of detachment where it's like let go or be dragged. Mm -hmm. When you can just detach and you can just be in the energy of having while simultaneously moving forward towards the goal that you want, that combination is a magnet and it for, for the desires that you want. I think of how we often, we, we avoid discomfort like the plague. So I think of the present moment. I have this visual right now, right? Where it's like a wave of the present moment. It's almost like a breath coming in through your through you. And in each breath, there's going to be discomfort and there's going to be pleasure. So there's pleasure and there's pain. And what we do is the pleasure comes and we hold on to it. So you get a little taste of the money coming in and it feels really good. And then we hold on to it. I need it. I, it can't go away. Right. And we, we hold on, we grasp. And then at the same breath, there's like a little bit of discomfort that comes in, in that present moment. There's some pain, like I don't have enough or whatever. We just have a little pain in the present moment. That's just part of being on life. Like everything has its opposite. And I think like the dance of life that's so beautiful is when we can open up to the pain and not hold on to the pleasure of each moment and just breathe in both and then let them flow out and then breathe in both and let it flow out. And when we can really practice that, I think it creates in yoga, the word is called santosha and it means like fulfillment, like deep fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And it's when we just are okay with everything that's in the present moment. Yeah. It reminds me of that story of like the fisherman and the businessman on the beach. Yeah. Do you know the story? Yes, Where the, the businessman is like, Hey, like we could turn this into a hotel and you could make all the money and da, 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 da. And like, all we'd have to do is, you know, and he lays out his plan and the fisherman's like, why would I want to do that? And he's like, well, then you can make a lot of money. And then he's like, why do I want to make a lot of money? So they, and then the, basically the businessman ends up being like, so you can come and sit on the beach and do whatever you want. And he's like, <laughs> but I'm already doing that. I'm already on the beach doing what I want. Money's not the point. I always like, what I want is like a wealthy life where it's like rich, not in just money, but like in relationships, in experiences, in knowledge, in wisdom in like gratitude. Like when you think about the wealthiest people, like when I imagine them, they've lived like, it's like the word that comes to mind is like fullness, not money. Money's part of it, but you'll never be happy with money. Money just gives you freedom. And so it's like, you just have to define what you are wanting because money's not the answer for most people, even though they think it is. It's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. Yeah. And when we worship the piece of the puzzle, 
instead of the creator of the puzzle creates friction in that relationship and it creates tension in the body, I think. And so I want you guys like that was just something that I took away from that book that I hope you guys can like maybe like do a little internal check. You know, where am I at with that? Am I worshiping the supply or am I worshiping the supplier? Okay, I love this conversation so much. We could go on forever. Amber, you are like you have such a wealth of knowledge that I just love to learn from. Can you leave us with like what like you have some really good affirmations that you tell yourself around money? Can you tell me some of them? Yeah. One of the ones that just popped in my mind was like, whatever I spend, I make more. That has served me a lot. I know for a lot of your listeners, they're probably like one of the words that comes to mind for a lot of religious people and just spiritual people is like being a steward. If you are a good steward to me, it means that you've mastered how to handle the money. So I really like that affirmation. Like whatever I spend, I make more because to me, it like affirms what I'm spending on is good. I can trust money. That was a big one for me. I used to think I couldn't. <laughs> like, even if you're listening to this, like, try that thought on. Do you trust money to come? Do you trust it? And, like, I know we talked about trusting the supplier, but, like, I think sometimes just breaking down your relationship with actual money is helpful too. Not that that's the nope. answer or where it comes from, but changing your relationship with the supply is helpful as well. Um, it's an energetics game. Yeah. Money comes to me from places known and unknown is another one that I really like that opens up the door for miracles (laughs) and like like the unexpected, because sometimes if, and this is the, this is why I believe this is like, if you think the way that you're going to make the money is the only way you're going to make the money, I promise you will block so many cool experiences. And so I would just be really open-minded, like that God answers blessing and and like gives blessings in unique and peculiar ways. And so I like that affirmation because it's like, it leaves room for some magic, you know? (laughs) And and it's scary because like you have to let go of your plan. Doesn't mean you stop taking action, but you're just open to all the ways that it can come to you. I love that. One of my favorite quotes ever, it's by Deepak Chopra. And he said, He said, if you want to get anything in this physical universe, you first have to let it go. Um, Holding on to anything is like holding on to the breath. You'll suffocate. Yeah. It's just like one of my favorite quotes. Mm -hmm. I just have like just that grasp onto the token. It's it's out of balance with the the blessing. Like there's laws predicated on blessings, right? And so Mm -hmm. that grasp on is is something to look at. One of my favorite quote or affirmations that I use for money is that just like, I always have more than enough. Yeah. I I try to always tell myself that. And then I know that like right now there's like some economic turmoil happening in the, in the world around us. And I hear people consistently talking about like stressed about the money, stressed about the the gas prices, stressed about the blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's been interesting because I've been thinking a lot differently about money than I used to. And I would have totally been that person, Mm -hmm. but But now I'm like, why would we even talk about that? Why would we put any energy towards that? Let's put all our energy towards God is going to supply. Also, I'm not going to put energy towards that. Like there's always more money to be made. Yeah. And that's been a fun one for me lately is just like, let's put all the energy towards like, well, this isn't really a problem. It's just like, let's make more money. Yes. So like maybe. Yeah. Like, let's just make more money. And, and that's something my dad, people always laugh because this isn't really how like a lot of people's parents taught them. Mm -hmm. My dad did. My dad always told us like, 
I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying don't save money or anything like that. I think like having, you should have money. I think having money is a really good thing, but my dad's like put way more energy into making money than to saving money or to like yeah. stuffing money away. It was like, yep. don't hoard your money. Cause that's lack again. Right. Like what's the energy behind hoarding money? It's lack. It's like, what if, what if, what if, and it's like, well, if God's your supplier, if he always provides the manna, then what, why are you so like attached? Right. And it's like, I'm not saying don't ever put money away. Cause I also think like being a good steward over money and like having money is really beautiful, but in the same breath, it's that there's always more money to be made. And if we put our energy and intention towards that, like your energy flows where your attention and your intention goes. So mm-hmm. just right now with the, the way the world is right now, be careful of what you're talking about. Yes. And be careful about like those lack thoughts of like, what are we going to do? The world's going to crap. Like all of that kind of stuff. There's always a flip side to the coin. And this is something I'm really trying to teach all my clients right now. I'm really trying to like hone this in is like there, every situation, there's two ways. There's lots of ways to look at it, but like, there's always a flip side to the coin. So yes, we can see the lack. We're not even saying that it's untrue. Right. But there's another truth. Yeah. Even in lack, see, this is like next level. So I used to believe in lack and now I don't, I don't even believe, like, I don't even believe in it. Cause when I experience something like, let's talk about, like, I'm trying to think of an example for my life. Like I had, okay. I, here's a, I had a refund a client a few months ago cause she quit. Right. It sucked at first. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't like this. I had a lot of resistance to this. Yeah. And it felt like crap. And a lot of you guys have your own situation like this. Right. And then what I realized is like, it's like a coin. You can't pick up a coin of lack without picking up abundance, which means there's only abundance. Amen. And so I was like, what is the abundance in this situation? I learned what kind of client I wanted and what I didn't. I learned how to process a refund and stripe. I learned how to have a hard conversation. I learned to have boundary conversations with all my clients before I onboard them, before I even let them pay me. Okay. Whoa. I learned way more than I ended up having to refund that's abundance. Looking at my, like the stories that I shared about how I started my business, how we weren't making ends meet in my family. Now, everything that I've learned because we experienced lack, that wasn't even lack. That was such a gift. If you can start to see your life like that, it's like really powerful that everything is trying to shape you and mold you and give you opportunities to learn truth, which is we live in an abundant universe created by an abundant God and everything is taken care of. And there is no lack, actually. Oh, I the love falsehood that. that you believe in it. It's not I true. Love, I love that so much. That was so beautifully put. I think about how when we give any energy towards anything, we create it in our own, our own, like we're creating it in our own existence, like our own little matrix, right? Like our own perception. We're like creating this world and we see it as true. And it's not truth. Like you said, it's not the real thing. And this is going to get nerdy, but even this world that we live in right now, like the 3d world, like not the real thing. Mm -hmm. I think in the spirit world, like that in our belief system and religion, it teaches that the spirit world's here on earth, like that it's here, like we're, we're here, but it's also like, you have to connect your energy with the vibration of that space. And so if we can see the truth, like Amber said, like of abundance of faith. Like if you can get your mindset fixed on abundance and faith and the truth, which is like fullness, the earth is full. This world is full. 
you, I believe, will manifest miracles. You will see things that you didn't know you could see, that things that we don't even, a lot of people on this earth don't get to see, you'll be able to see because your energy is matching it. Mm -hmm. And your quality of life will change. That's the other thing. I heard a really powerful, um, actually, I think I shared it with you, that YouTube video about like the difference between trying to travel somewhere and like a musical piece being played. Like the difference is like, you can try to hurry your way to abundance or you can like, let it be like a piano, like piece where it's like an unfolding and a beautiful experience. That's abundance to me. Like there's no rush. There's no hurry to the next level. It's like, everything's happening now. And guess what? When you get to the future, it's going to feel like this moment. And so the best thing you can do is learn how to master this moment. And that's the only thing. Like when people ask me, what do I need to do? I'm like, learn how to feel abundance right now. That's it. Learn how to feel expansive. Like one of the ways that I evaluate decisions, all decisions, this is new. I haven't talked about this before. Like every decision I make is like, is this an opening or a closing? Is this expansive or constricting that? Because like abundance is expansive. Like when I think about God and his children expanding himself into the universe, expanding his knowledge, expanding his glory, like that's the point. Progress is expansion. And so you can literally change your whole life. Like think about even like we can break this down, like how to spend money. Like you can like look at investing. Does it feel expansive or constricting? And that doesn't mean it doesn't feel scary. That's different. But does it feel expansive? Like expansive? That's probably the right move. And then you can also use your discernment to know, like, okay, someone told me that this is a good opportunity, but I feel like tight and constricting. Red flag to me. That would be like the spirit. Like that's not a good thing. When you think about overspending. Does that feel expansive or constricting? It feels constricting. When you think about right spending, like spending the right amount, it probably feels expansive. It's fun, exciting. Like you can use it as a gauge, but like this is why I like what you teach, Megan. Like you have to be intimate with yourself to know what feels expansive and what feels constricting because a lot of people don't even know the answer. But that's a great little gauge on what's abundance and what's not. Yeah, I love that. That is true. Truth, truth. And I, I actually view abundance similar. Like I, I'm a feeling person. And so I view abundance. Like when I talk about abundance, you guys have heard me talk about abundance. I'm like, it's expansive. It's opening. It feels light and airy and freeing and scarcity and lack that doubt, discomfort, fear, those types of things. It feels constricting and tense. And so Maybe you're in the middle right now. Like maybe you're in like, like Amber described it as the gray area, right? Like where you're trying to believe, but you haven't seen the miracle. Like in the scriptures, they call it the trial of your faith, right? And then you'll see the miracle. First you have to believe and then you'll see. And so maybe you're in that stage where you're trying to believe, but it's like a little shaky, right? And so Mm -hmm. this is what I want you to practice. I want you to practice moment, like Amber said, moment to moment. And this is why being present, right? We got to stay super present, get super present, moment to moment, expansive and abundant energy, faith energy, not fear. So you can constantly be asking yourself in every situation, not even to do with money, but as often as you can ask yourself, like, do I feel expansive right now? If not, why? And, and sometimes I think it's useful to sit and do the thought work, which is like what I do with my clients. Like we'll do the thought work. Sometimes I think sometimes our toddler brain 
or um, it's like throws tantrums in fear. And you know, like with your toddlers, when they throw a little tantrum that like the best thing to do is just ignore them Mm -hmm. or, and, or distract them. And so sometimes like what I do, I call this like softening a little bit. It's like where I, I just visualize when I'm like noticing my, my brain throwing a little fear tantrum or like doubt tantrum or scarcity tantrum. I just visualize myself in like my happiest place. I don't leave that visualization in my mind. I might be like sitting outside with my kids, but I'm like closing my eyes. I'm visualizing myself in my happiest place until I get where I feel that in my body. I pay no attention to that other thought. I don't pay any attention to the lack. It's like, okay, I see that there's lack happening. Okay. I'm going to think about the others. I'm going to think of the abundance. I'm going to even if it has nothing to do with that situation or whatever, like take me to my happy place. Let's open up to it. And then I get that energy flowing through me. And then I can either deal with that thought work or I can just ignore it because I realized that it's just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. I love that. Amber, thank you so much. Okay. I love talking about money with you. I love talking about it because I love that you bring such a spiritual aspect to it. So many of us were taught growing up that it's like money's bad, right? And that's like the token is nothing. The the symbol money, it's it's just is, right? It but it's it's the energy behind it and what your energy is that you have about it that creates the whole story for you. Yeah. So, well, and I wanna share it like I'm not gonna go all scripture, but there's a scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then after you get the kingdom or whatever, then you can seek after riches. And I really like that because it's the right order. Like you said, having faith in the supplier, it doesn't mean you don't want the supply. It doesn't mean that the supply isn't helpful. I can tell you, I have more choices because I've learned how to make money and that's empowering, but that doesn't mean it's more important than my relationship with God. And that's, that's the secret is you can have both. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And and I think like I can name like 15 scriptures, like no, I can't name them off my top of my head. But like, yeah, I know there's so many scriptures where God's constantly telling us, like, I want you to prosper. I want to get you to the land of promise. I want to give you milk and honey that overfloweth. I I will give you all of these things just like with Abraham, you know, it's like covenant with me. Yeah. Like walk my path and let's do this. And then you can have anything you want. And my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And I think, okay, we have to before we end, we have to like (laughs) talk about this. Because there is this journey towards creating money, right? And there's this process. And that's all the entrepreneurs you guys listen to, self-help type of people, they're going to be like, what do they say? They're like, you got to love the journey. You got to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. And we're all like, that's so cute. But this process is hard and blah, 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 right? Like there's all these thoughts that can come in. At least Mm -hmm. for me in the past, those are the thoughts. Like I was like, they're like, love the journey. And I was like, (laughs) I hate the journey. (laughs) Yeah, this sucks. It's hard. But, but this is what I found. And when I put things in their rightful place, when I seek the kingdom and I practice contentment and I practice getting present and I do these meditations and I take care of myself and those things, and then I let everything, and I trust, and that's really what it comes down to. And I get into that abundant energy. The process becomes very fun and very enjoyable and very light and very easy because we aren't grasping, we aren't chasing, we aren't running, we aren't in that tense energy in our body that feels terrible. Yeah. And so when Jesus said, like, take my yoke upon me, my burden is easy and it's light. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, yep. Okay. Now I get why you're saying what you're saying. Yeah. And to like make, to like talk about what you have been on a kick on <laughs> with like the discomfort, 
This doesn't mean that it's always like giggles and rainbows. Not like easy, but it's ease. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it's it's a different way of thinking. It's almost the way I think about it is like you're almost observing it. And this is the point of doing hard things, right? Like when I have a hard workout or you like talk about like cold water, there's a moment where you like transcend the discomfort to witness it. That's the whole point of all of this is like rising above our human, not to get rid of our human, to but to like love our human and watch our human. Money's no money work is no different. I challenged one of my clients the other day just to like look at her bank account every day without judgment. And it was really hard, even though it was just looking at a computer screen. Byron Katie says everything that happens to us in life, we're either laying down, sitting, or standing. And that's it. Everything that happens to us in life, we're in one of those three positions. And so notice that the discomfort is often in our, in our mind, right? And so I had her just look at her bank account and make peace with it. Observing your reality first and then witnessing how you've created reality, then you get to play and mold your next reality. That's like the secret. I love that. So I have to tell you guys a crazy story today. So on my bucket list, because I'm like, this year is really like my year of like seeking discomfort and letting myself be uncomfortable. And so something funny on my bucket list is that I hate snakes. And so I want to hold a snake that was on my bucket list. I also hate spiders. Like, like, I don't like, critters, right? <laughs> so my friend knows that the snake thing's on my bucket list. And she was, so she texts me and she's like, Hey, I know I'm a snake, but is a tarantula on your list? Cause I just found one outside my house. We live in the desert. So like, there's actually tarantulas here. And, um, I was like, Oh crap. No, no I gotta do it. <laughs> so I went over there today. I'm like, okay, I have to do it. This is literally earlier today. I have a reel that's coming out with the video of it because I want you guys to see me do this. This was so crazy. This whole experience was crazy. So I, I just told myself like, I'm in charge of me. Like, cause like, honestly, you guys normally, like if I hold a spider, like I'm, I'm not going to hold a spider first of all. And if like a creature, 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 critter (laughs) or creature is crawling away, like I would like chuck it across the room. Right. Like not interested. But I got there and my friend, she she's way into like the same stuff as me and Amber and like Joe Dispenza's like thought patterns and things like that. And she's like, you just decide right now that you're going to be calm. Yep. You decide you're in charge of you. And so I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And so I freaking held this, this tarantula, let it crawl on me. And this was the crazy part. This is what I want to tell you guys about energy. Okay. I was super calm and this spider was mirroring me like It literally was just sitting on my hand, barely moving. I was so calm. And then for a second, I felt my heart rate start to raise. And you know, spiders have, like, tarantulas have all of those nerves or whatever. They like nerves that are like, they're they're feelers, right? They're deep feelers. And so I start to, my, my heart starts to rise a little bit. I started to like get nervous for just a second. I kind of think of like maybe how Peter felt on the water. Like when he walked out and he's like, I'm good. I'm chill as a cucumber, I believe. And then for a second, he starts to fall. Right. And that's kind of the moment. Like my heart rate starts to rise and the spider starts to crawl like crazy on me. It was like, doo, 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 doo. and then, yeah, it could feel it. Oh yeah. And then I took a deep breath. And I'm like, no, I'm calm. And I told myself I'm calm. I'm in control. And I took this deep breath and it was so crazy. We have it on video. The spider just stopped and it was completely still. And I think this, this is a little woo-woo, take it or leave it, but like, 
<laughs> I think everything is a mirror. Even yes. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that, <laughs> yeah, that like, aspect of this, but there's a yeah. great book. If you want to dive into what Megan just said, which is everything is, a, is mirroring you read busting loose from the money game. And it's all about how it's a hologram and the idea. And I believe this, like I'm LDS and I still believe this because I believe God created an artificial world for us to learn true principles of creation, of progression, and to become like him. And part of that means like living in a fake world. Like we talked about time. This is something actually I want to talk about. So I'm glad we're back. Sorry. We're kind of like going over. (laughs) You guys, this is going to be a good long Um, like the reason that we have time, like imagine if we attracted everything that we thought, how scary of a world would that be? Like, if you've ever had a bad thought about your kid dying and it just happened, could you imagine the kind of world we live in? How scary it would be. So he gifted us with time, except we don't like it when we're waiting for something. And so the reverse, we have to just witness, like, thank goodness we have time. Think about the reverse of that. And so when I'm waiting for something to manifest, when I'm waiting for my prayer to be answered or for my faith to pay off or my action to pay off, I just have total trust because I'm like, this is happening exactly as it's meant to because other things are happening exactly as they're meant to. And I trust, I trust the process, you know? Oh, I love that. That's so good. So yeah, because I've never thought of it like that. Like, that's the first time I've heard that where it's like, think of the flip side of that. Right. And again, that same thing. And I think that's really what God's trying to teach us. Like, come, come be on my time. Like, yeah, come be on my time. Like trust my time and be on my time. And, and, and like you said, like, let go of that, that pleasure. Like we, we, we get where we want it. You know what I mean? Like let go of it and just trust the time because if we, grasped onto the opposite, like that law, that would be very stressful. That's not yes. what we want, you know? Right. And that, that just like that, I love that thought. Cause it just made me like, Oh, it like sat into me of like, like, okay, like things are working right on time. And that's a, that's a belief. Like I have a, one of my money thoughts that I choose to think a lot is like that blessings come right on time. That like mm-hmm. all my blessings, yeah. they always do. Right. Like, like blessings always show up right when they're supposed to. And I can just trust that they're going to come when they're supposed to come. But I really do believe like everything is a mirror. And Mm -hmm. if, if I can remain calm like that, like it was so crazy, like to just watch the spider completely just stop and stay. Like it was like, Oh, okay. we're good. Yeah. But my energy, like, so, Mm -hmm. you know, so closely. It's so good. One of the questions that I ask myself a lot is like, why did I create this? And a lot of people think that's crazy talk because I'm talking about like, why did I create traffic? Why did I create someone flipping me off? Why did I create my client leaving? Like I take responsibility for everything that pops up into my field because it is there for me. The, the mirrors are for us. Our suffering is for us. And when we stop resisting that, which is why I like what you teach, like meditation, mindfulness, Things like that are really important because it slows down your analytical mind and you can ask yourself better questions like, why is this here for me? What is this spider teaching me? What is this hard scenario here to teach me? And then the answers make you a very powerful person, not for evil or that weird power, but I mean like a good power, power for good, like self-actualization, being someone that you know you're capable of being because the more money you make, the more power you have, 
the more good you can do, you know? So I completely agree. And as you were talking, the thought that I had kind of rolling through my brain was like, so why don't we as humans do more, you know, self-study in, in yoga, it's called Swadhyaya. And it means like to be able to look inward without judgment. Yeah. pretty much. And we are ego, our ego flares up. And then, so I just thinking like, okay, like a year ago or two years ago, like, why was this so hard for me to like be willing to look inward? And, and really the answer is judgment. And yeah. so as I, and I think I've said this too, like, a hard thing for our generation is judgment because we have to do a lot of quick judgment. I mean, like we're, we're very fast judges, like with our phones and with everything, you know, like we have opportunity to quick, quickly judge. And so what I've been practicing is like a judgment detox, which means a lot of times not analyzing at all and just stepping into my inner knowing and letting that be my guide for discernment and not letting my mind even play that game I'm training the animal to like we don't we don't analyze like a lot we don't are you you familiar with Byron Katie's work on this yes and I love like she's like go for a walk and don't try to label what you see it's a tree stop don't call it a tree be with that thing yeah like total presence if you're totally present you can't label it that's a cute tree that's a tall tree that's an ugly tree like that happens to people. It happens to your money. It happens to yourself. And like, I love what you're saying, like non-judgment, just not good or bad, just being with what is. Yeah. I've been playing with it. And I wonder if you guys, like, if you feel like it's hard sometimes to look inward at like, even like your money or your bank account or anything like that, can you practice just being with it? And, and it is a, it is a game of training that training your brain, training the animal within, because that dog per se, that we talk about a lot on here, that dog's going to start barking. And so over time we have to train it. Like we don't bark at this. We don't bark at this. We don't, we don't even, we don't even move at this. We just be with this. Right. And so, and that's same with yourself, like just be aware and be careful of judgment. Judgment's 360. What you put in, will put out. It's a mirror. You're going to find it everywhere you go. And it comes from a place of lack and scarcity. So always looking inward, with discernment of what you want to change or, or like looking just to look and then making the conscious decision to make changes is where I think the most of your power really lies. Yeah. And I think asking yourself, like, this is kind of a weird question, like what game do you want to play? Cause some people have no interest in playing like on online business game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people want a very simple, quiet life and they don't even want that. But what that means is you have to know how to stop comparing and to stop judging and to be content with what you have. Like you just have to know what game you want to play. Yeah. So good. Okay. Amber, this has been so fun. Do you have any last thoughts that you want to tell us about money before we go? No, I am curious though. You're, you asked me mine. Like what's your favorite thoughts about money? Yeah. You want to know mine? Yeah. I want to know yours. Oh yeah. My favorite thoughts with money are one is that like you said, like money just is. Mm-hmm. So I get to decide whatever I want to think about it. And then my brain's like, so why wouldn't I think great things about it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's like one of my favorite. Another one is this is a $0 thought. I yeah. tell myself that a lot. If I start like stressing about like something, blah, like spending a lot of time or energy on like picking what I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, okay, my energy's better used over here. I'm like, this is $0 thinking right now. Like yeah. I'm just buying what I need. I like and it doesn't that. matter. 
So I do use that thought a lot, zero dollar thought, especially thoughts like when in my business, when it comes to like judgment of myself, a lot mm-hmm. of times, like I think thoughts that I'm like, oh, like, especially if I see myself on social media, it's a funny thing, but I'm like, well, and then I'm like, nope, zero dollar thought. You got to get comfortable being on there. We, we just keep on plowing through. So I like that thought. I also just have really been loving the thought, like the earth is full. And honestly, I just tell myself that a lot. I also like to tell myself like, Hey girlfriend, you're like in the top, like 3% of the world. So you can quiet okay, down. Like I, my brain. I think about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Even like, in America, we are very, very, very blessed. <laughs> yeah. I like even like, and like, even I was telling my husband this, I tell my husband this a lot as we talk about our finances and stuff. I like to remind both of us, like we live on an acre. We have a two story house. Like we have 17 chickens. Like, I mean, like this is like the dream and, and this is what's, and this is what I want to remind everybody. And if it's not enough now, it will never be enough. Nothing you get to will ever be enough. And so sometimes people look at my life and they're like, I want that. Do you know what I mean? I want Mm -hmm. what you have. And I look at other people's life and I, I want what you have, but the fact is, is you could get this and it still won't be enough because yep. your thoughts come with you. Your yes, pattern, you bring your thoughts with you. Yeah, those those thoughts come with you. So you have to change the thinking now. And so I actually had a really, me actually, so I'm going to say something kind of vulnerable, I guess here. My husband and I, this has definitely been the sharp point in our marriage, like of everything. Like we we jive really good together. We have like the chillest marriage. And we, we just do, but the one place where sometimes there's some friction or some tension is when it comes to money. We both had scarcity, especially the first years of our marriage, but we both handled our scarcity very different. So like I was scarce. So I'd be like, I would be like, I have to buy this right now. Cause I'll never be able to buy it again. Yeah. And then I'd like buy a bunch of stuff. And he was scarce. He was like, I can't buy anything. And we're not buying anything. We're hoarding our money away. Right. And so something that that happened is we kind of got in a little tiff not that long ago about money. And, and I had the thought, change the pattern now and never experience this again. And like that, it just, you get to choose right now to never do it again if you don't want to. And, and I, I told my husband, I was like, I'm never going to fight with you about money again. I'm, I'm making this, this resolution. I will never fight with you about money again, because money is nothing to me. It's God. That's everything to me. And money just comes to me. So I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm just not worried about it. And, and he was like, he's so awesome. Cause he like, he meditates now. He's like, yeah. so into all of this. He's like, okay. Yeah. I like read the same book as me and we're on the same page now. But like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you can change your money thoughts today. Like mm-hmm. you literally can make the conscious decision. Like I did with the triangela that I normally would throw across a room and scream. If I even like got 10 feet from it, you can just decide right now I'm calm, but here's the kicker. And I think this is what I've been doing this work for about the last eight months. You have to build some internal trust with yourself so that your, your body and your brain believe you when you say I'm calm. That means you're going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable. That means you're going to be having to have integrity and do the things you say you're going to do. It's just like with, with my husband, you know, I said, I'm not fighting with you about money anymore and I'm not going to because my, my brain now is learning how to trust me. And so trust my spirit, I would say, trust my highest self. So you can change right now. You can do this work. You can make these strong decisions, new to new decisions, new destinies, right? Like 
yeah. new decisions, new results. So I loved talking to you, Amber. Kate, tell the people, where can they find you? How do they work with you? Tell them everything. Probably the best place is either on Instagram at it's Amber Smith or my podcast, the Conscious Coach Podcast. It's mostly for entrepreneurs. So if you're an entrepreneur, that'd probably be a good place to get connected. Also, if you're just not an entrepreneur and you just want to learn all about like energy (laughs) and quantum, you also can listen to her podcast because it totally applies. Like you can just like switch out certain words for other words, like in your brain, you know, like what you're going through. It's true. I actually do have a lot of non-entrepreneurs who I get, like, I'll get like messages from them. Like I'm not an entrepreneur, but I really loved your episode about (laughs) it. Okay. Interesting. You'll want to listen to her, whether you are or not. Okay. And then tell them about the coaching matrix. Yes. It's like my big thing right now. I love the coaching matrix. So the coaching matrix is my group coaching program, life and business. And we cover four things, mentality, alignment, action, and integration. And I coach live, I train live, and it's an epic group and I have epic plans (laughs) for it. And it's not, I don't know when you're going to launch it, but it opens occasionally. And I announce it on my Instagram. Oh, I love it. Okay. You guys go find Amber. Thank you so much for being here. That was such a fun. Yeah, thanks for having me, Megan. Wait to put it on. We'll see you next time, guys. Hey, yeah.